My name is Sam Varner, and I'm a profit coach. And you're asking yourself, what the hell is a profit coach? It is a coach that focuses on business owners getting to the point where they're paying themselves a minimum of $75,000 in actual income. So you are so profitable in your business, you are taking home a minimum of 75K. You've got your systems, your finances, your sales, everything all sorted out. And you have generated the business that you thought you were going to do when you first started. And you've spent all the time learning exactly what you need to know to be exceptional in your industry. But what you didn't get was the business knowledge in taking this private practice from a place you work to a thriving business. That's what I'm here for. I'm Sam Varner, the Profit Coach, and this is the podcast, She Needs Grit. Get ready, get caffeinated, and let's get profitable. Good afternoon, everybody. This is your host, Sam Varner, the She Needs Grit podcast. I am really, really excited today. I have an interview for you. I have Stephanie Kemp in the office, well, in the Zoom office, I suppose, today, and we're going to talk all things business. So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to chat. Oh, I'm so excited, Samantha. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yes, yes, you're welcome. So Stephanie, why don't we just start so that the audience gets a little bit of an idea of like who you are, what you've done in business, what what you're like in real life. Give us kind of a, so who are you? Sure. So I say I'm a serial entrepreneur. That's the way I like to describe myself the best because I was the kid who had the shovel on the shoulder growing up, going door to door to see if anyone needed their driveway shoveled. I sold apple pies on the weekends. I took the orders during the week. I had a dance studio in the basement. I had a preschool in the backyard. I sold (laughs) Christmas trees. I had a craft fair. So I was the kid who always knew someday I'm going to have this real business. And Mm -hmm. graduated college two weeks later, you know, put my name on the door on the first business, which was a dance studio business. And six businesses later, I still have that dance studio and um, some other service industry businesses. But I am at heart a serial entrepreneur. I love that. I mean, first off, I love that you started with the shovel because shovel. as the Canadian, like I get it. I I was you as well doing that, right? Um, it's amazing, I think, when we look back as we get older and we look back on our childhood days, how many of us can go back and reflect on, hey, I was doing this really early. Like I was, I was bound and determined to make money in some way by offering stuff out in the world when we were like just little, little, little people right. doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I think funny too, for me, it wasn't even about the monetary value. It was okay. more the service that I wanted to offer. So I always, I'll always say like, I never, I never put a price on the, on what I delivered. It was like, if I did a great job, then I was happy to receive the monetary value. But if you said I did a great job, I would actually, that would make me feel better, right? Than getting the the dollar amount, which is again, something that I had to learn in business, this whole (laughs) idea of pricing our products for what they're worth, that we have worth, what we deliver has value and making sure that we're putting the right price tag on that. But when I was growing up, it was just like, how can I serve? Mm -hmm. And and I also, similar to, to Canada, live in New England. You know, mm-hmm. so we have just bad weather 12 months a year. 
<laughs> yes. And so we had some elderly neighbors and I just, I always used to love that. But if they came out and said like, wow, this is amazing. You did such a great job. And here's, you know, $5 because I'm older than you. So $5 at the time to shovel a, to shovel a driveway would have been like a great score. Um, then I was thrilled, you know, yeah, um, yeah, and not much has changed. So I definitely go for the service industry because I do love to serve. And I, and I love the idea of really pr- uh, always presenting value first, kind of coming in as a value, as a value stepstone first. Yeah, I love that. I know we were chatting about that a little bit before we started recording and how um, that's definitely a focus for you, right? Is really leaning into, well, why don't, why don't you tell everybody? Sure. Yeah. So something we were saying in the beginning was that, you know, here I opened a business feeling really strong in my skill set right? Because mm-hmm. I had been a dancer all growing up. My first business, I knew wanted to be a dance studio. I went to college for dance. I was a dance major. Everyone said, oh my gosh, you do, you're amazing at this. This is really your calling. You should open a business. And I opened a business. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't even really know how to balance, you know, a checkbook because those skill sets are so completely different. So mm-hmm. when it went to putting a price tag, I'm thinking I'm happy to do this for free, right? I'm, right. I'm so excited. I want to serve the masses. I want to teach as many people as possible. I'm going to bring them all in my doors. I'm going to show them that I can, you know, help them with these incredible skills and make them amazing dancers. And I'm going to support the families. So what did I do? I looked to the left. I looked to the right. What was everyone else charging? And then yeah. I went a little bit under. Right. Not understanding at all that what I was offering was going to set itself way above the market, was going mm-hmm. to have so much value. It took me years and years and years to understand the difference between a commodity and yeah. a value-driven business. And in the service industry, even if you have a product, if you make the best muffins in the world, mm-hmm. why not make it a value-driven business where people will drive past three other places to get your blueberry muffin? Yeah. So- I like to say like the Snickers bar is a perfect example. If I sold Snickers, no one's going to drive 45 minutes away to buy a Snickers. So the yeah. only thing you have to value is the price. Yeah. If we sell gas, people will look to save five cents here and five cents there. But as soon as someone else is cutting that price by five, 10 cents, they're going to go to that gas station to save some mm-hmm. money. Yep. So when we only have our, our, price to value what we're selling if we're only looking to the left and we're only looking to the right and we don't really understand the value that we serve then we're almost on a race to the bottom because there's no benefit to being the second lowest business in anything that you do (laughs) so I think create an incredible product have huge conviction around that know Mm -hmm. that you're serving who you want to serve know that you're, you wake up every day to just deliver value and then price yeah. according to that. So why not be the highest priced in the market and then live up to what the highest price in the market should be? Yeah. Well, and that's, I think so many entrepreneurs struggle in that, right? They struggle in being concerned in a couple of different ways, but definitely there's the entrepreneur that has a business that has an established price point and, Somebody comes in and says, hey, you need to actually increase your price point, right? You can charge more for your services. And the number one fear is, but I'm going to lose people, right? I'm going to lose people. And if you are coming from that place of value and standing in that place of excellence in your business, it almost never happens for one, right? Our fears of losing clients is so much 
bigger than the reality of losing clients most of the time. Um, do you see that as well? Have you seen examples of that where people are just fearful to, to be the top dog when it comes to price in their, in their market or their niche? Well, yeah, 100%. I would say it's the number, yeah. I would say it's the number one fear that business mm -hmm. owners have, of course, around raising their prices, but I have a great yeah. example. So we have 700 students at our corporate location for, for our dancers. We have seven classrooms and we serve ages two to 18. Okay. So, and we've been in business for a long time. So we obviously have this incredible reputation mm -hmm. and there are other dance studios that have come into our area that have been in business. And so what have they done is, again, they look to the left, they look to the right and they say, okay, well, we're going to be commercially viable by pricing ourselves lower. So right. one price is lower than the next price is lower, hoping that they'll, they'll get the overflow or they'll get the students in. So yeah. then this summer it became, if you have a two to a six-year-old, you can come for free until January. So the first four months. Wow. It's free. And then we'll start in February. Now I have two-year-olds. And when this happened, I had an explosion of two-year-olds. I had over 400 preschoolers registered, which was more than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. And I don't offer a free trial. They don't get one incentive to come in. But what happened was people started reading and looking and seeing, well, this must be so vastly different. If mm -hmm. the price of this program is so vastly different than the price of all these programs or some of these even free programs, yeah. I want I want what is going to provide the most value. I'm going to go here because mm -hmm. what Birchbox told us, too, is that people are happy to pay for samples. We yeah. don't have to give things away, right? Free yep. has a cost to it. So when you are in a position of fear, not setting your prices based on the profit margin that you know you need to be successful, because at the end of the day, that's the oxygen. The money that comes in is the oxygen that helps our business breathe. Yeah. If we're yep. not sure what the numbers are and we're guessing, or someone moves in next door and they're a little bit lower. So we say, well, we're going to go a little bit lower, or we want to bring in this new person to help us run our business. And there's a cost to them. And mm -hmm. so to offset that, we have to raise our prices. And we say, well, if we raise our prices, then we're going to lose people. And if we lose people, I'm going to be in a worse position than I was before. To them, yeah. it's a vicious cycle. But in yeah. all reality, when you set your price, you know mm -hmm. that the price is going to help you sustain and grow your business. It alleviates so much stress. It alleviates so much fear. And you will attract the people who see value in that pricing. And at the end of the day, those are much more attractive clients than the clients who want the discounts and who will want the things for free. Well, that's it, right? We set ourselves up for... I think just failure when you are constantly going after the person who's looking for the cheapest deal. Now, there is a market for that and there's a strategy behind that. If, you, if you're strategically aiming for that clientele, there's a place for that with any, um, with any niche. There's, you know, high, low, medium. But people are so fearful to be the top, the top dog in that, in that category rather than the assumption that people are unwilling to pay. I think that we end up as entrepreneurs often thinking that that value association with money is a hard thing, right? One of the things that I talk about with my coaching clients all the time is that money mindset piece of 
where do you find value in things? What do you determine to be too expensive or a really good deal or cheap? Like all of all of these words and the language is all running in the back, in the hard drive of our brains. And it has such an impact as a business owner in terms of what we decide to do, right? What, how we do these things. So what do you think, how do you think you got to the point where you realize, I mean, you told this a little bit, but like, where's, where's your money mindset when it comes to, no, I want to be, I want to be up here. I don't want to be going for that bargain basement version option. Okay. So before we get back to the show, I want to ask you something. Have you managed to implement everything that you've learned from me so far on how to scale, become profitable in your business? Like for real, everything? Do you pay yourself at least 75K? Are your financials and your systems serving your life, not just your business? Well, if you're not paying yourself or selling your services consistently, then that means you are not doing what you need to create your growth and money goals. You are not taking the right actions, and if you don't change what actions that you take, there is something else that's not going to change. The results. Yep, the results that you're getting aren't going to change either. You'll continue to not see an increase in profit and will rinse and repeat until you tell everyone that business just didn't work and that you're quitting because you didn't love it. So if you are ready to figure out and maybe admit that you're not doing everything I've taught on this podcast and you need some help with the implementation, then you need to click in the link in the show notes. You need to book a call with me so that I can hear exactly where you are in business. Make sure that She Profit School is the right step for you and you can get started. Right. So the thing is, I was never going for the the bargain basement mm-hmm. option. What I was doing was I was delivering the most value, having the the strongest product, but yeah. not pricing according, because yeah. I really wanted to serve the masses. I didn't want to make it the, a boutique dance studio. Right. Yeah. I wanted to have as many children in there as possible. So, but but I also wanted to really grow and scale. I wanted to yeah. own. I wanted to own the property. I wanted to bring in the best talent. I wanted to pay them double what everyone else was paying them. And so, mm-hmm. in order to do that. I could either just tread water, which is what most businesses do. They make just enough to stay open. Or I could say, I understand the value that all of this is bringing and not even for myself's payday. I really looked at, I had 30 people that I wanted to bring in. I wanted to offer them the best package. I wanted Mm -hmm. them to have a job that they absolutely loved coming to. So that they could be, so they could share our talent with us. Because if they could open up down the street, I wanted to give them the incentive to work with me, not for me. And so that required me to pay them what they were worth. And if I was willing to pay them what they were worth, then why would I not pay myself what I was worth and give the business the best opportunity to serve as many people? Because if my doors are closed because I've decided to skim, I'm not serving anyone. And if I set the price to where the price needs to be, I went from 500 students to 700 students, setting the price to where it needs to be and having 30 people now that have been with me 15 to 25 years. The best talented people have stayed and grown with me because they understand that I'm in it for the long haul and that this product is going to, no matter what, continue to innovate, continue to grow, 
continue to be the best in the business so that we'll just continue to serve more and more and more and more people. I just want you to like, I, I would like to record that and just have you repeat it a hundred times because all of that is a hundred percent true. It is the idea that we have the ability as business owners to employ people, right? And it's a massive privilege and to be able to do it and provide them a high quality of pay for their talent is huge. And I find like so, so many times I'm talking to business owners and they're not necessarily in it for their own paycheck. We all want to make a healthy living for our own lives. We're putting a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into these businesses. So there needs to be a reward, but there is that give back factor. So the give back to your audience themselves, but also the giving back to staff and the community and the impact and ripples you can have. And I think if we can start to have more of exactly the the mentality and the impression that you just gave right there, like if if I could just take that and download it into all of my clients to believe in themselves and their capacity to grow something like that, to believe in their audience being able to see the value and therefore commit to participating in the value of a product or a service like that. And then to understand the long-term longevity of what a business like that does for so many people in the community, no matter what your business is offering, right? No matter what the actual tangible service offer is, um, is incredible. And I think, I think you just need to do a 7,000 podcast roadshow where you just say that over and over again until every entrepreneur hears it because it, um, it makes, it makes having a business when it's going like that so much more fun and so much more joy filled in so many, like in all of the boxes that you're checking when you're able to create something like that. Um, yeah, that's well, I, I think you hit. I think you hit on two things too that I just want to delve into because these are two huge things that you hit on perfectly, and I just want to give a little bit of perspective. So I grew up in a little teeny house on mm-hmm. a highway. You know, like in the movies where you see those little houses and you think no one really lives there. I I lived there. So <laughs> when the cars went by and the trucks went by, the house actually rattled. It moved mm-hmm. like little earthquakes. And there was one bathroom that didn't lock. There were four of us, my brother and I, and two parents, and it was two bedrooms. So I shared a bedroom with my brother until I was 12. I had an amazing childhood. We didn't really have material things, but there was tons of love. And I would say to you always, even today, I'm not a material-driven person. So Mm -hmm. it's not really the money that drives me. But I can tell you that when I was 30 years old, and I understood this at 22, when I started really learning, because my world was so small, when I started really learning about business, about dollar cost averaging, about Mm -hmm. setting the right prices, about investing in myself and in my future, I was a millionaire at the time I was 30. And I can tell you that although I did not buy the Louis Vuitton bag, when I went to bed at night, and I knew that I could, that I could write a check at any time for anything that I needed, It far outweighed this idea that it's not about the money and it's not about my paycheck and it's not about me making money. It's that I went to bed 
with a with a relief that no one's shutting me down. Like when mm-hmm. I grew up, I knew how at 17 years old, like I knew how to get the electric turned back on in my house. And it's no disrespect to my parents who I love dearly. But if the yeah. electric got shut off, like I, I could do that in a minute, but I couldn't balance a checkbook. So when yeah. I opened a business, it was like, okay, I really need to learn these skills so that I can have longevity in my business. And what's the whole point of having longevity, but to be able to have financial freedom? Because the same talented girl that I am, I could have gone to work for anyone. Mm -hmm. So why did I want to open my own business? It's because I wanted control of my future. I wanted control of my destiny. I -hmm. wanted control of my finances. And I wanted to allocate where the money went and where I spent my time. Those are the two main reasons I decided to open my business. The other thing around fear with the business owners, it's a very simple formula. I really believe this. It's all about conviction. I think that so many business owners, they say they have the best product. You know the example. And and also, I have to do a little disclaimer because I'm from Boston. So we're very direct. So I I I love it. I'm going to be very direct here for a quick second. There's a a show, Restaurant Impossible. I absolutely love it. Robert Irvine Mm -hmm. goes in. He goes to the business owners that are struggling. They're 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 having a hard time getting people in the door. And he says, "I want to taste the food." And the very first thing they all say is, "Our food's amazing." It's not our food, right? It's that we need a new marketer, we need a new office manager, we need a new front of house. It's never the food. And when he sits down and he eats the food, the very first thing he says is, "The food stinks," and they don't want to hear that because. They, this was the recipe that was passed down from the grandmother and the grandparents. This is the family recipe and our business was amazing. And I'm not saying that the food stinks, but what I'm saying is, have you done that deep dive to know deep down inside without a shadow of a doubt, you have the yeah. best product on the market for your niche? Because when you do believe that, when you have 100% conviction on that, you can sell anything. Mm-hmm. You can sell anything for what it is worth because you know the value that it delivers and you really want to get that in as many hands. It's when you are a little bit unsure. When there's someone (laughs) down the street that you think, "Mm, maybe they're doing this a little bit better than me. Maybe that pizza actually is a little bit better. Maybe that delivery is a little bit faster. When you have these little ideas in the back of your mind where you're not 100% convicted on your product, then I believe, that's where the that's where the fear creeps in. And I'll have a little one more no nonsense. They yeah. say they say comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. I totally disagree. I think comparison is a kick in the pants. And <laughs> yep. we compare everything. We compare our PL year to year. We compare our health year to year. Comparison is not the thief of joy. Comparison and then a lack of action will steal you from your joy. But comparison's wow. great. What are they doing? that you admire, that mm-hmm. you can do? How can you take something yeah. in your business that someone else is doing better than you and then do better than them? Because mm-hmm. when you have conviction and you know your product is absolutely stellar, you will absolutely have no price selling it. You'll want to sell it. You'll want to stand with a microphone and a big megaphone and bring as many people in for the price you deserve. Oh, Sammy, that is gold. It's absolute gold, right? And I agree with you. I do think that comparison is an absolute necessity in business, right? And you have to be willing to have those hard conversations. You have to be willing to dive deep into what your product is, how your delivery is. Sometimes the product's great, but the delivery is crap. Or 
the onboarding or offboarding is crappy or there's so many places, right? But if you can go through and do a real true analysis of that, get somebody else to give you some opinions on what they think, that's always helpful. Um, a little bit of objectivity helps because sometimes we're far too harsh of a critic on our own on our own work. And sometimes we're far too gentle with ourselves, right? So you need somebody who's going to kind of like push you a little bit in both directions. I love that. Where, where can we get more of you, Stephanie? If people are like, I mean, this was fantastic. I'm all fired up. I'm going to go and sell something. I'm going to go raise my rates. I'm going to go build this business. How can people, how can people find you? How can people find more of you out in the world? Well, I appreciate that. I actually did just, I just uh, wrote my first book that was published over the summer. Success is just the beginning where we do a deep dive into these principles. It's actually, I, I have a wealth formula, but it's an acronym. So mm -hmm. it, because you deliver value and we have this wealth formula, the idea is that then the money will follow. Because anytime you're doing something you love, that you're passionate about, that you have conviction about, that you know is really the best product in the market, the money will come, the money will follow. So yeah. uh, success is just the beginning. It's it's everywhere. Also, uh, stephaniepkemp.com is the author page. We are recently franchising. I have okay. actually six different service industry businesses. So we go into a little bit on those. So anyone that wants to reach out to me that has questions about any of those too, I'd be happy to discuss. Oh, that's fantastic. I will make sure to include all of that in the show notes because I know if somebody right now is driving or, you know, whatever else they might be doing without hands-free, we will make sure that both the link to the book itself and also to the website is there so that people can find you. But Stephanie, I just want to thank you. This has been a wonderful conversation. We didn't get interrupted by any dogs or doorbells. <laughs> no, so I'm really great. happy about that. Um, I'm so grateful that we were able to connect today and have this conversation. I thank you so much. I'm honored. So thank yes. you and to everyone's success. Yes, absolutely. All, all of you go out there and think about how you can level up the level of what you're bringing to your clients and then take a look at those prices, guys, and be willing to readjust to compensate for the level of conviction you have behind your business. I love that so much. Thank you, Stephanie. And everybody else, I will talk to you next week all about profit and growth and all of the things in your business. Until then, take care. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.